good stuff. I need to word that better. Uh, do you have any shout-outs for the homies? <laughs> <laughs> That's way better. So, for example, I have like, homies. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm David. And I'm Sufei. Thanks for tuning in to Neapolitan Podcast. And on this episode, we have... Hi, I'm Olivia Lin, and I run Growth and Operations at Socratic. We have an AI-powered homework helper app. And I'm Beth Treyman. I am the co-organizer of the New York Android Meetup, and I do like office management, operations, and touch lab. <laughs> um, actually, Olivia used to work at touch lab, too, doing what... That does, so we thought it would be interesting to have them here talking to us about their experiences with meetups and screening speakers, stuff like that. Uh, She's back. <laughs> so the first question that I have for you guys is what was your first meetup experience like? And we know, I don't know if you remember your first meetup experience, Olivia, because it was a while ago, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm sure Beth is really fresh in your <laughs> mind because it was like two months ago. So maybe you guys could just discuss what that was like. Sure. So I joined Touch Lab in 2013 and that job description had mostly been uh, for a part-time event coordinator. And I saw Kevin's post on Craigslist. Um, so I said, hey, I could totally do that. I'm good at organizing things. And I applied and I got it. And uh, the meetup was my priority. But of course, we were really small and really busy. And Kevin had been handling a lot of the business. So he was kind of like, yeah, just come to the meetup, figure it out. And you'll eventually start handling more and more of it. And I was like, okay, sounds fun. Um, the first meetup that I went to was at Amplitude and it was an interesting experience. Um, there ha wasn't much uh, structure. It just seemed like it was like a really casual hangout. Uh, Kevin had gotten five speakers to speak on a panel and they basically did a Q&A style and they went down a row and asked questions of each speaker and they were all Android experts from different companies. And it was a great experience. I thought it was, you know, just a really nice community for the first one. I think there was maybe 70 uh, people who came out that night. And that was kind of my first dose of the Android meetup when Kevin was still running it. And I was really impressed by the number of speakers that he had and how many people turned out in the awesome office. And I do remember also the swag. That was pretty cool. <laughs> There was also swag at my first meetup. <laughs> um, yeah, so my first meetup experience was much more recent. Um, and by that point, Olivia pretty much had a very structurized organization to it. So as far as planning it, it was pretty easy and straightforward. Um, our hosts and sponsors were all super responsive. And um, I think most surprising was when I actually got to the meetup and seeing you know, who was there, what they spoke about. Um, and it was definitely a learning experience. And then in the middle of it, I had to turn to David and make sure I was understanding what they were speaking about. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's been really nice to get to know the community as briefly as I've been here. But yeah. <laughs> so for both of you, I guess, was that your first exposure to tech talks based on Android? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'd never been to one before. I know, uh, Beth, there was a moment at the first meetup that you went to where you looked at me and you were like, so is this how it usually is? Like, because I know we turned to each other 
and we just looked around the room and we were like, oh, there are two women here. Yeah, so my first meetup, it was myself and one other female and probably about like 85 white guys. And, you know, I, I knew about diversity and tech being an issue. Um, I didn't fully understand it, I guess, until it was right in front of my face. <laughs> yeah. It got better at the next meeting. It did. Monday. I was... like to count how many girls are at each meetup, and that's kind of a personal goal of mine in 2018 is to grow both female diversity in general in our meetups. Have you noticed the change in the numbers over the years, Olivia? Yeah, definitely noticed a uh, change in numbers. Uh, my, the first meetup that was at Amplify, not Amplitude, confuse the words. Um, there was around, like I said, 70. And I think the last meetup that I went to, like, it felt really, really crowded. But like the last few times that I've done uh, accounts, it was like well over 100 to the max that we had at Facebook uh, last March, which was 130 members who showed up. So definitely an increase in people who come and people who post on our meetup page. And I'm not sure if it's because of the popularity of Android growing and more developers getting into it, or, or if just because they're just really interested in the type of talks that, that we've been um, working on in the last few years. Beth, you mentioned like your goal for 2018 would be to increase the number of women in attendance for our meetup. Uh, I was wondering if you had any, you know, goal, well, not goals. Ways to go about doing that? Yeah, like any steps to take to get to that goal? Because I'm sure there are articles about how we can be more inclusive, but that doesn't always yield any results. So. Yeah, and my current idea is just to reach out to other meetup groups that are focused, you know, on women in tech or things like that and uh, invite them to our meetup and go from there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Um, are you going to let it go? Can we continue? Yes, let it go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what's the process for, like, going to find speakers to to speak at the meetups. Like, I have no idea what goes into any of that stuff. I just show up. I think it definitely varies month to month. I'm not sure if you've had this experience. Um, sometimes people will approach me saying they want to speak at meetup and then I'll, you know, reach out to them, see if their topic fits what we're looking for that month. Um, and then Olivia also left me a nice Rolodex of people who have either spoken in the past or could be potential speakers so that I have people to reach out to if need be. Yeah, the process definitely changed a lot over the last few years. At first, it had been me kind of just poking Kevin once every few weeks, like, hey, Kevin, you know, Kevin knows a lot of people. He knows speakers, he knows people who write books on Android. He is really just deep in the community. So like when I first started, I didn't know what the hell was behind this world of Android. I didn't know anything about Android development. I didn't know what the hell Java meant. So really, it was just going to Kevin, asking him, hey, 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 can you email <laughs> these people for me? CC me? Thanks. Um, and then uh, it kind of went from there to really, you know, being at every meetup and mingling uh, while people were eating pizza and asking them where you were, you know, how many years have you been? And try to gaze their expertise and, you know, if they're comfortable talking and if they're social and kind of dropping really passive aggressive hints like, hey, you know, you know, you come to our meetup and, you know, we love, we love having you come every month, but if you ever wanted to, you know, share about any interesting projects that you work at your company, like, oh, you work at um, 
Birchbox, like, tell me, like, what did you work on recently? Was there anything interesting that you found out about that project? Any library, new libraries that you could share and really get them to talk to me that way? And once they did, I put them on my Rolodex. <laughs> follow up once every few weeks. We're like, hey, <laughs> we need a speaker in like three months. You wanna, you know, what do you think about potentially giving a 15 minute talk, you know? And those people were usually really open to it because they know the community. They come every month already and they know that speaking gives them like a platform to really, you know, share their experience. And eventually that's what it became. It went from pestering Kevin to being able to talk to people and turning them into potential speakers. So I do remember what I was going to ask now. I feel so good. Um, so I know this was your first DroidCon bet, and I know we weren't, TouchLab as an organization, we weren't as involved with mm-hmm. all of the operations and running it. But I know for uh, selecting speakers for this year, uh, Kevin, uh, he actually asked some of us for some input on what talks sounded good and, and things like that. So I was wondering the ideas behind wanting to get more women and people of color to speak at these big conferences and stuff like that. Like some of the approaches that people go to finding these speakers and and having them on. So for example, I I believe this year there were talks of having, uh, of not showing the names for people who uh, give submissions Mm -hmm. and choosing just based on the content of their talk and, 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 deciding who it's going to talk in that regard. So like, what do you guys think of these types of approaches to that? I personally think it's kind of sad that it's even at the point where you would have to take a female's name off of the talk to give her equality against the man. Um, if that is what's necessary to get more females speaking at events, then I guess that could be a good method. I think inviting more people, more females, um, and giving that type of culture to our events is the route I would rather take. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, like a complicated issue, like like how do we get more speakers, but then you also have to think about like, you know, why aren't there more females in computer science and why aren't more of them becoming mm-hmm. Android developers? And, you know, you can think about it in that way or you can really concentrate on the on like the overall process then of trying to find female speakers and what is it awareness is it really you know tweeting more is it reaching out to colleges and i feel like there's so many different rabbit holes that you can go down but there isn't really like the best way to to figure to figure out like the the larger issue at hand but i do remember um, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but we we did have two uh, speakers. I don't remember their names right now, but they did make this huge effort to find more uh, submissions for talks from female developers. And because of them, their work and really doing a tweet storm and um, encouraging a lot of female Android developers to submit their papers that that year that I think it was 2015 or 2016 that we had 30% of like all the speakers, they were female. And it was because they really, really got fired up and said, we're gonna encourage you to submit your talk. Even if you didn't think that you, even if you don't think you'll get picked, it shouldn't stop you and you should still submit. And because of that, because of their work, the percentage of female talks went up. Um, I don't really know how I feel about leaving uh, someone's name off of 
um, a talk, I feel like, yeah, the content is important. And I guess that's kind of like uh, blind admissions. And in some way, you are then just focusing on the content and not who's submitting it. So I'm kind of torn. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, you should concentrate on the content because that is what drives the conference. And that is what people are there for. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, you, we also want to encourage more people to submit, even if they haven't been encouraged before. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how I feel too, because the problem of the, well, the solution of saying we're going to take these names off of there, that doesn't solve the problem of if there is only one woman right. submission, exactly. then you can end up not taking that yeah. one. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's not a pro it's not like a problem on women to say like, oh, they need to mm -hmm. add, put in more submissions or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, they should feel comfortable yeah. putting yeah. that submission. Like yeah. it's not a... It's not their job to make us diverse, right, you know. Right, like right. It, it shouldn't be the the duty of women to say, "Hey, you have to put this stuff out there." And I'm glad that people are going out and trying to get more women to submit mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I feel like there's, you know, there's a problem there when you're trying to just put a solution on something without seeing like mm -hmm. if there are no women who are submitting in the first place, then yeah. that that solution doesn't actually solve. Yeah, anything. yeah. I think the most that organizers can do is to try to cast as wide as a net as they can and not just you know tweet from their own handle but really like what Beth is trying to do like reach out to maybe like the Anita Borg organization where they do have like a huge community of sisters not sisters as an SIS sisters as an SYS because they're all computer science oriented <laughs> females and students <laughs> and you know really you know cast as wise net so then when the submissions come in it's not just oh 99% men it's like oh we have like a huge variety and ultimately you hope that affects the number of the number of female speakers at the end but also the variety of talks because you don't want just the same talks you want as much of a different experience level and as different topics as possible well speaking for myself not for all females in tech but I feel like I hold back from volunteering to speak or teach uh, when the opportunity comes up just because oh, something that Lee said in the last episode really resonated with me about how she's carrying the torch for like black female engineers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all female engineers feel that way because like the fact that we have to talk about diversity and including more women and people of color, um, we are carrying a torch for a specific group of people. and. Like you said, if there are only 30% women at a conference and that's considered a lot, mm -hmm. uh, me going up there, I feel like I have to be great and amazing and better than everybody else because mm -hmm. then it will encourage more women to do it. And mm -hmm. that lack of confidence, I guess, prevents me from you know trying yeah. to get up on that stage. And I don't know if all women feel this way, but that's how I feel and I agree if you could encourage more women to show that they don't have to be perfect. Like, their talk does not have to be perfect. Just yeah. the fact that they're up there, um, you know, says something about our community, mm -hmm. that would be a great encouragement. Yeah. It's so. definitely, a, like, a large, like, huge amount of pressure. Yeah. I, and I remember talking to one, uh, one female developer one time, and she was just like, why do I have to give a meetup talk? Why do I have to feel this... Why do I have to feel more pressure than the average white guy next to me to have to give a talk? Like, I just want to code and I want to go home and I don't want to have to feel like 
this social responsibility mm -hmm. to do more just because I'm female and because I happen to love code. Mm -hmm. And I get that too, yeah. you know? Um, so it really is complex, but it's also, you know, trying to find as many people, people who are scared and have never spoken before to really, you know, and I feel like through the meetup, especially, you give them that like first try because when you're talking to a friendly community, then maybe that'll open up more doors to maybe they feel like they can refine their talk and talk at DroyCon mm -hmm. or something. And, you know, I think, you know, giving them that opportunity is, is just really, it's really nice. Yeah, like we've talked, we've talked about that, I think after the first episode where we just like randomly kept talking for like another hour and we were like, ah, um, about like meritocracy and stuff, like bringing back to what you said about uh, feeling as a woman, like, I mean, I feel the same thing as like a person of color to be like, oh, I have to be, like, I can't mess up because yeah. it's going to be like, oh, of course, you know, um, so like this idea uh, that people go into it thinking like, it's like these people are speaking because they are the best. And it's like sometimes it's like, no, no just someone like, who wants to talk. Yeah, someone who wanted yeah. to talk, someone who had something to talk about. And this, like that feeling of saying, like, I'm not the best, so I can't mm -hmm. give a talk. Yeah. And everyone feeling like these are the best talks because they are talking. It's, yeah. you know, like that's not necessarily what's always, it's not a one to one. Yeah. yeah. But like what I hate though is when we put speakers up on ped ped that pedestals, mm -hmm. like I don't think we should. Just because you are this awesome person who have all these talks to give, and it doesn't mean that they're better than anyone else. And I do feel like in some areas, it's like, oh my god, like you're this great hero who people who people idolize. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't mean that they're better than you, mm -hmm. right? Like you are different, and just because you don't, you know, want to be as public, doesn't mean that you that your work and what you have to contribute is anything less than what they give. And I think that that's just like big hurdle, especially with these huge conferences where like people like speak regularly, right? And their work enables it. But just because you don't speak doesn't mean you are any less than them. And doesn't mean that any talk that you're going to give means less than what, than what they are doing. And I think that has like a big part of like the speaker fear. And mm. like, I like, you know, I, I, I've spoken at events before and it's like, please don't, like put me in a, on a pedestal. Like I'm not any better than you, you know. <laughs> I just want to share my good. experience, but it doesn't mean that. Holy crap! She's doing everything right, and she has all this amazing advice. Like advice is always your own view. It's what I would do if I were in your shoes, and it is never like I don't have. I don't I'm not considering everything. It's just what I would do. So I feel like once people like get over that. And then they'll have the confidence to be like, this is what I did. This is what you can try. And if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, public speaking is just another skill. And I think people yes. who are afraid of meet, to speak at a meetup need to realize that it's just a good practice. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing practice. And, you know, stutter and stammer your way through your first talk if you have to. But at least you did it. Mm -hmm. Your work speaks for itself. You know, no one's going to judge your code if... I mean, people will judge your code, it's horrible, but your code speaks for yourself, right? <laughs> and just in, like, if you're, if you're not able to articulate, you have to understand that everyone empathizes with it. It's like, wow, she's nervous. Like I would be nervous if I was up there. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why I always do before I give talks. I like, I like 
people, they're like, these are my friends, and I know these people, and... Picture everyone in their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> underwear. And, like, that helps me get comfortable, and my heart's, like, my heart stops racing, and, and you know, it just really helps you, like, calm down, and you just, you're sharing what you want to share. You're not there to give the almighty talk of expert, expert, expert stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you've been on panels recently, right? Panelizing. Yeah. Panelizing. <laughs> I think the scariest part of any talk is the Q&A. Like, yes, I could prepare for my talk as much as I can. But I don't know what people are going to ask me. It's like the unknown. Yeah. It's terrifying. And it is perfectly okay to say, I actually don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to look that up and I will tweet you. Oh, good answer. Next question. I will tweet you. <laughs> no one expects you to know everything, and if they do expect you to know everything, like who the hell? Are, who the hell are you? Like I'm here to help people. I'm not here to give you everything you need to know. But if there's something that I can help with, I'm more than happy to research and email you and do do like a follow up thing. Um, Olivia, do you mm-hmm. have any lessons you've learned over the many years you've worked at Touch Lab and you know being <laughs> an essential part of our community uh, that you want to share? Um, uh, I guess the biggest takeaway is that uh, I really liked t- uh, taking everything that I learned from what goes into event and being able to put it into a spreadsheet so that Beth can take it, use what she wants from it and improve on it and like do even better for like the meetup because like that was just what I did but I was just like really proud of being able to have everything that I did whether it was for speakers and then for like you know emails to send out to what to tell sponsors, um, having like all forms of communication just written down somewhere and really learning how to strategize and create a plan just so it's not all on you. Like God forbid, if a car hit me, like before Beth came, like I would, like I would want, I, w- I would want Jeff and Kevin to be able to look at my spreadsheets and be like, oh, so this is how she did everything. We can do everything and take that process and like and make it better. You know, <laughs> don't worry, I'll look extra careful when I cross streets tonight. <laughs> You're more than a spreadsheet. <laughs> yes, but her spreadsheets were very helpful. <laughs> lot that we don't know that you guys handle because a lot goes into you know meetups and conferences that because we just show up and we assume like yeah this just happened you know (laughs) everything's behind the scene yeah i feel like meetup and pretty much every other part of our position is all based in organization (laughs) definitely so i know over the years olivia you scanned a lot of resumes Mm -hmm. uh, tech resumes um, and I know Beth is just starting to scan tech <laughs> resumes. Um, uh, I was wondering if you guys have any like pet peeves, what you look for, like how can somebody trying to apply for a tech job get their resume more recognized, like top of the pile? <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like for everyone, there's definitely pet peeves. You know, I hated grammar mistakes. Mm-hmm. I hated when one bullet point dot is bigger than the other bullet point dot. But, you know, that's just things that I'm I know. the same way. Like, any formatting yeah. mistakes, I'm like, really? yeah. Like, I just want to know, like, what was the most important for me? And, you know, whenever I look at any resumes, whether it was at this job or my, like my, my other job where I had to um, build a team of community managers, it's really, like, how much effort 
did they put into this resume mm -hmm. or did they just send the same damn resume for every job? Big pet peeve is when someone applied for a job and they had the wrong company on their resume. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it's like, if I can see that you put effort, if somehow you tied your experience to what we are looking for, maybe you went that extra mile and said, oh, like, I see you guys work on this. Well, here are my skills that apply. Um, cover letters really stood out to me. I mean, I feel like for you know development, there's a huge demand. So if you don't have one, like most of them, did, most people like would wouldn't really have a cover letter. Mm -hmm. But for those that did, like even if it was like a junior developer, like I would say, hey, like this person's really putting an effort. They really, really want to be here. And for me, that counts a lot. It's like, yeah, we want you to have expertise, but if you show me that you really want to be here and you care about what we're doing, then that just like tips it a little bit more in, in their favor. Um, and I would also for you know interesting projects if I could see a lot of. Um, code or repos up on their GitHub, then I can see that they're really trying to show off what they can do. And I also looked at LinkedIn's, Twitter's to see how active they were. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to, it's just like an overall package. And But most importantly was how much do you want to be here? And what skills are you really trying to show me that you can bring to this job? Yeah, I mean, I agree. First of all, I was surprised by how much in tech people do not give cover letters with their resume. I think that's this is probably the only industry where okay. that's not a requirement. Yeah, I, I did not. How did you get this job? Um, <laughs> I'm still wondering. <laughs> and going back to what Olivia was saying about the effort put into applying, like yes, we want to know what skills you have, but how your resume looks and you know how you're presenting the information, I personally think matters. In, in a you know, maybe not as much as other things. And the other thing that I think I look at is some people just put in resumes that only include the keywords that we have like in a job posting and no, nothing else. And it's like you're clearly just writing the exact things that we are asking for. Um, Gaming the system. Yeah. <laughs> people also don't put, um, you know, say someone did a boot camp or something like that and they don't have any other relevant tech experience, but they might have other work experience and they will not put it on their resume. It's like, I want to know that you've had a job <laughs> and you know how to work in an office environment. Mm -hmm. So even if it's not tech related, they should still include it. I mean, that might not be what everyone thinks like, mm -hmm. but I personally think that's important. <laughs> yeah, because in every job, like communication is important. Mm -hmm. right. Teamwork is important. If you can tell me you've worked in teams before and you had some kind of success, even if it wasn't coding, that still counts for something. So do you guys have any shout outs for anybody in the tech community or anyone that you work with that's, you know, doing great stuff? I need to word that better. Uh, do you have any shout outs for the homies? <laughs> that's way better. So for example, I have like... homies. Just <laughs> <laughs> an example, we just like shout out to... All, I want all of us to go in. Friends. Oh, I'll shout out Peter Chislett because he has... Saved my life through my first few months at Touch Lab with answering all my questions. <laughs> Peter's great. Yeah. Also shout out to Peter Kislet. Because <laughs> he is a he is a hidden foodie and he kept us well fed. <laughs> he still does. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> Good one. My cool. twin. <laughs> yeah. Well uh, thank you guys. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you, y'all. I shouldn't say you guys. <laughs> Clearly. I'm the only male in the room. <laughs> <laughs>
shouldn't say you guys. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank everyone here for coming in. Yeah. It was a pleasure being here, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. I was there. Now you have to stay. To like the next, the fifteenth one. one you do, you guys will see. <laughs> You're learning. You're yeah. learning. And remember, it's not about the end goal; it's about the journey. Ah, oh. the tagline. Oh. <laughs> you got your episode title. Yeah, I was gonna say that is, that is the title. That is the title. That's it for this episode of Neapolitan. As always, if you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach us at Neapolitan Pod on Twitter. Neapolitan what? Neapolitan pod. Oh, okay. You need a nakshi. I'm going to leave all of this in. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to leave your